Michelle Mendoza, your host, and with me are my buddies as we do sports today. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun, the fellas, and all of the news that goes on in the sports realm. That's what we're taking on today. Glad to have you with me. Let's talk about who is joining me today. Now, in this sports show, it is crazy at times. We pop in, we pop off. Josh might be joining us. We always pop it off. Just like come in. It's like my house. You just come on over and enjoy. Grab a cup of coffee. You're welcome anytime. We have Garrick. Get ready to get paid. And we have Brent. He is Wookie of the Year. I am not Wookie Photographer Brent R. Baker. Get ready to get and that's what's going on today. I'm glad to have you guys with me. It's like, like the old, world the old of sports. Yeah, it's like the old sitcoms where everybody just walks in at random. Just the door flies open and hey. <laughs> yeah, we are. Like what's happening, rerun? In more ways than one. Where's our laugh track, man? (laughs) No kidding, exactly. That's what we need. We need a laugh track. And I wish life came with mood music so you knew what was around the corner. But it's not. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit, and I'm okay with that. Guys, it is the only time of the year that I absolutely love basketball. I do like basketball, but I don't follow a lot of basketball. As we've talked about, especially on the pro level, it gets pretty political, and I'm political weary. So... I it bends for me to uh, down to other sports that I am a little bit more into maybe uh, you have played but this is it's been sweet 16 week and it has been a really entertaining and interesting week yeah three of those four games last night in the first of two days of the sweet 16 were spectacular that first that overtime game between Kansas State and Michigan State of course, having lived in Michigan for a long time, I was pulling for MSU and Tom Izzo, but man, that Noel kid from Kansas State, 19 assists to set an all-time NCAA tournament record. Yeah, that was 98-93 in overtime. Kansas State advances. Florida Atlantic, who'd they knock off again? Oh, Tennessee. Sorry. No, yeah, right. yes, Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee looked so good beating Duke last week. And they looked pretty good in the first half of this game. It felt good for Florida Atlantic because they normally would be one of your underdog teams. Last week, they ended up having to play the Fairleigh Dickinson, the 16 seed who had pulled off a big upset and over Virginia. And they um, are not over Virginia. Sorry. Anyway, 16 seeded one. And all of a sudden, Florida Atlantic was no longer the underdog. And against Tennessee, they got to play the underdog. And then UConn took out Arkansas pretty easily. But man, that UCLA Gonzaga game last night. That was wow. crazy up to the second. You're in under a minute <laughs> and you have UCLA up by a basket. And you're thinking, oh, okay, this is it. And then the three pointer that just wowed the crowd the Zags pulled it off that was an absolutely incredible back and forth game I think the Zags were down by I don't know maybe seven points if I remember right they were having some trouble getting their shots off at the tour in the first half it was it was really an entertaining game that was a a seesaw game yeah UCLA was up 13 at one point and then Gonzaga was up 
Okay, 13 nine, points. Net yeah. was up nine with about a minute to go, and UCLA came all the way back. Yep, they went ahead with a three-pointer with 12 seconds left. And Do you then... know what made me nervous, though, is in some <laughs> of the pre-game conversations, and they were saying, oh, we're, we've been here so many times. We're comfortable. It's not that far of a drive. We have someone who grew up in, in Vegas, and it was like, oh, that overconfidence. Is hey, but it was the Vegas kid for Gonzaga that hit the game winner, though, from about 30 feet out. Oh. And it, you know what almost killed them, though, was the free throws. Oh, yeah. Timmy is a crazy great player who had And he was great last night scores, until But those free throws, he that's fundamentals right there. That's what you coach kids. I think that was fatigue there. It was fatigue, uh, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of fatigue. But he's not traditionally a spectacular free throw. So, that's true and then we I I UConn. I think if we could get if we could get UCLA and Gonzaga to play in the tournament every year, I'd be happy cuz just 2 years ago in the final four when Gonzaga hit that half court shot to beat UCL and some of the guys from both teams played in that game. So it was, that was, something. Yeah, I, that was fun. That now, was Garrick, fun. I hope tonight can measure up. Garrick, you are traveling. Did you get a chance to catch any of the, of the games this week? Unfortunately, no, because I've been traveling and working and, but this is the time that I, like you, Michelle, get excited about, about college hoops and um, especially Garrick. Don't, that's oh, the I, difference. They play fairly well throughout the year. The good teams are good. Oh. Teams are bad. But it's this time, heart that you don't see necessarily on the professional. I don't know. I might argue with you. There, there's a different kind of passion in collegiate sports. I will say because you're not just representing your city or whatever, and you're not just like a journeyman pro going from city to city. But there, there is a different type of pride in college athletics that I love, and I think you're right there. I don't know that I would necessarily say that pro athletes don't have passion. I didn't um, say that. I, I, I said it's a passion well, you don't see in professional sports, and I'm going to stick to it. I think that there's some okay, passion all right, all right. there, but okay. it's not, you know, when you are, there's just something different about collegiate sports, especially yeah, right. at this level. I think one, one fact, I think one factor too, is that the NCAA tournament, every game is one and done. You don't have a seven-game yeah. series. You don't have a five-game series. So every one of these games is you win or your season is over with. And so that in itself will bring out the passion in the players because they know, you know, oh, it's just game two. We'll have we'll come back tomorrow and get back in the series. Nope, this is it. So I think that's a that has a great deal to do with the effort that you see in some of these games and the extreme emotions that you see on both ends of the spectrum after the game's over. Oh, yeah, that's super tough to watch, too, but it is. And if I could just night. say to our watchers slash listeners out there, I'm jumping in and out because I'm on my way to the airport. And so I've got to return a rental car, put gas in it, but <laughs> trying to stay with the conversation. So I just want you all to know. Oh, we appreciate it. Like, Where's I said, our laugh track? Yeah, we need the laugh track. I'm working on that. Notice I said y'all because I'm in Oklahoma. Of course you have to say y'all. You're in Oklahoma. I love it. So we are looking at entertaining basketball for the next couple of weeks here as we get whittled down to eight and and then lower to it just gets so exciting to the final four to the finals I love this time of the year it is definitely good stuff Notre Dame their AD says the NCAA should splinter without stronger 
NIL rules. That's what's going to happen. They need they either need to splinter or they will splinter because of the name, image, and likeness rules. They say they need to get their act together. And we've talked about this a lot, that we talked about the Zags. And Timmy, well, Pringles is going to have his mustache on their labels name image likeness they should profit the colleges are certainly profiting but they really do need to get a handle on it and i think i would agree with them what say you guys that's a bit disingenuous for notre dame's athletic director to be complaining (laughs) about the situation we're in this is a school that has their own tv contract with with nbc and he's not entirely wrong but he or not he personally very much, but his institution had a great deal to do with where we've come to right now. They've very much profited from the old way of doing things where where the players were not being able to make a profit off their name, image, and likeness. So calling out to Congress or whoever to now, it just seems a bit disingenuous to me. I will say, I think the concept of name, image, and likeness, I like the fact the players are able to profit like you would if you were in any other industry, still in college, maybe get an internship, or if you're a musician, if you're in a band, that sort of stuff. Those people can profit off of their talent. And so I think the athletes should be able to as well. It's created chaos because I don't think there are enough rules put in place surrounding it. But I also think it's, it is providing some benefits that we didn't expect. One guy I'm thinking of is a basketball player from North Carolina, Armando Baycott, who is a very good player, probably not going to be drafted in the NFL or NBA, sorry. And he decided to come back fifth year of school. He's making, he's probably making, he's making well into the six figures, like over half a million dollars for NIL. So he actually is going to make more money doing his profession in college than he would by leaving school to try to get probably end up playing in Europe. I don't think there's a one size fits all thing here, but I do think that it's a wild west where there need to be more rules in place. But I think Notre Dame asking for help from (laughs) lawmakers to me, I'm just like, please. (laughs) Yeah, it is a little bit hypocritical, but there is some truth to, we do have to, it will splinter to a degree because if you have, this school has these standards this school doesn't have these standards where am i going to go maybe a lesser school would say okay we're going to lighten our stand if that makes sense then if we don't have something that is consistent yeah there, there could be some splinters they may need to get their act together but here is a player that needs to get their act together you sent this Brent, police are literally investigating after a Memphis in a women's in a women's basketball game appears to punch a bowling green player after a WNIT basketball game. What happened there? That in the handshake line. Yeah, that's <laughs> what was going on. Tell us about it. I'll see if I can pull up the picture. Well, something oh, actually just happened. popped up like in the last 10 minutes. It's um there's a story on Yahoo that says an assault charge has been filed by Bowling Green State University police after Memphis Jamira shoots appeared to punch Bowling Green's Alyssa Bowling Brett Green in the police head. are now involved after um, a punch a moment, was thrown. That, but I'd yeah. like to see if we can see the picture of this. This so is crazy. charges have assault charges have been filed and Memphis issued a statement saying that what happened what didn't represent their university values yada that because it happened 
not in the course of play, that it was being subject to police investigation and therefore they would cooperate with authorities. And that's kind of where that stands. But we've talked about violence in sports. Usually we think of it, this may not be right, but we usually think of it in terms of men's sports, but we're seeing more of these types of incidents in women's sports as well. Yeah, and this is where I've been trying to show some of the background if you're watching, but it's just really inexcusable. But you're right, we are seeing a lot more violence, a lot less tolerance in this time where we're calling for tolerance. And I think if we look at the problems with our worldviews and how we're only tolerant of one point of view, we're only tolerant if you think like us, this is what happens. Worldviews have consequences, Pastor. I I agree that worldview is probably the most important factor in terms of understanding who we are. And and certainly the need for equality. I know that's a word that's thrown around a lot recently, but I think there needs to be fair and consistent standards throughout. And last topic in terms of looking at at the the intercollegiate athletes getting paid for their likeness and their name, I think is so important that there are bodies that, that are truly neutral and who are willing to look at the big picture and fairness. And sadly, people, a lot of people who are in decision-making and power positions see things too tribally and not globally. Ooh, that's a good way to put it, tribally and not globally, where we are really seeing some problems. I think in the politics that are invading and have been for some time our sports world. When tensions go up, whether they be in society in general or in sports or whatever, your tribes tend to get smaller and they Mm. tend to get more entrenched. And it really takes some intentional reaching across aisles for that to change. Otherwise, we just end up in circles with people that we agree with and that becomes our worldview just the people that, you know, you like to call it preaching to the choir. And so, yeah, if that's what you, if that's all you have, then it makes these incidents, I think it makes them get out of hand a lot more, a lot more easily, because all of a sudden you don't see another person that just has a different opinion. You see, and And we can do that when we look at how bad it is on the other side or when people don't agree, but we need to be in check because we are called to be people who walk in love. You can agree vehemently and you can disagree vehemently, but we need to walk in love. And speaking of political tennis of all things that that everyone needs to be quiet in the stands let's just be you don't even see people doing the wave or getting crazy now it's getting a little crazy political a ukrainian tennis star marta kostyuk i i'm sorry if i am pronouncing that wrong the her russian opponent after the ATX open win. That's, that's again, political. That shows an example of what I was just talking about. You can be respectful of another player if they're different from you, if they dress different, if they have different belief systems, if they're from a different political climate, ideology, or even country. But on the field, on the court, treat your opponent, treat the other people with respect. Did you guys hear this story? I was a little bit familiar with it. Obviously, there's 
going to be a lot of tension anytime you have a Ukrainian and Russian in the same room. Um, Why? We're human. But, you disagree. There's war. You may have resentment, but that doesn't mean you have to hate on people or snub them. She said it was just my choice in, when she was referencing the decision not to shake her opponent's hand. Yeah, but I think it's still, I agree, but I think it's still the sort of thing we've seen forevermore. When countries are in conflict, all of a sudden, that everybody in that nation becomes an enemy. But um, isn't that exactly what you were just saying? This is where... Oh, yeah, should, I'm not... You literally just said, and this is what a, a perfect story, we need to reach across the aisle. Well, apparently not. And who's standing behind her and saying, yeah, I understand, you poor thing. No, this is where it counts. And what I said was it takes some real intentional effort to do that. And sadly, I think a lot of people, that's not an intentional effort that they want to give. I'm not going to, I don't know the situation. I don't know the background of, of either player, but I can remember like my grandfather who fought in World War II, there were people who had certain nationalities that he wasn't comfortable around just because of his own war experience. So I, I think when we see these things happen, while I think there is a way that we would prefer to see people behave, I think we also need to understand that's not what's going to happen most of the Maybe, time. Maybe, but I think it's perfectly fine to call it out and to say that's not okay. I, you might feel, or your father or grandfather may, feel, may have felt uncomfortable, and that's okay to feel uncomfortable. That's being honest with yourself. It's what you do with that that counts. Do you feel uncomfortable when you, I've had people that have visited me in the city and they feel uncomfortable because you see a lot of weird things in the city. I feel uncomfortable. Okay. You feel uncomfortable, but are you going to treat those people differently? Are you going to treat them with unkindness? Are you going to be harsh to them? Or are you going to show God's love? And that's where I can't speak for this tennis player, but I can speak for me. I've got to be on point when I'm dealing with people who don't think like me. Another tennis issue that's pretty political is Djokovic. He was denied a COVID-19 vaccine exemption. He will not be competing at the Miami Open. Kareem Jean-Pierre dodged the question when asked about it, if they are going to enforce this. But I thought it was funny that Ron DeSantis said, maybe what we should do is just put him on a, vo a boat and like some of the Cubans and just sneak him into the country. That's okay. And if not, why isn't it? I'm speechless on that. <laughs> this has been going on for a couple of years now. And as we have all of these different mandates being lifted, we can debate all day about whether they should have been in place or not. But now it's like they're being lifted all over the place. We've got people streaming across our borders who are not vaccinated. And why a tennis player who's standing out in the middle of a court by himself while he's playing uh, can't come into the country is there's no logic or reason to it whatsoever. And as, as we just saw in the last story, it's okay if you don't want to shake his hand after, you know, the match too. So there's Apparently. not a problem there. But not only that is that he's had documented cases of had documented COVID-19 infection as well. So it's not like he doesn't have natural immunity either, which right, has been shown and proven. Shown that's better. Including by our own CDC that it's more effective than the vaccine. Mind blown. Yeah.
What the heck? So is this just political? Is it punishment? I don't know. But in the midst of the craziness going on in this country, we're still a place that people are coming because of refuge. This is an interesting story that I threw at you guys last minute. Cuban baseball player playing in the World Baseball Classic escaped his team hotel, defect to the U.S., after his team lost, by the way, in the semifinals. And so now this veteran Cuban baseball player defected in Miami on Monday. And so, boom, congratulations. Welcome to the USA. That's astounding. And I think it's great. And, and apropos during the World Classic Baseball, because baseball is used to be America's pastime. And so it's, it's so American. What a way to deflect, even though the United States lost to Japan in the final. Yeah, I, it was really interesting how, first of all, the coverage of the World Baseball Classic to me was really interesting because it was all on Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2. And ESPN, you hardly saw anything about it until we got down to the final couple games. Yeah, that's true. That's really it's true. Very, yeah. We talk yeah. about who's controlling sports. But yes, the Cuban baseball play, there was a lot that actually went on around the U.S.-Cuba game in the semifinal with protests by Cuban expats in the Miami area who were protesting against Fidel Castro and his his family legacy and the communist government there. There were players that got booed. There was all sorts of stuff. And the Cuban government has been complaining about how the team got treated in Miami, mostly by ex-Cubans. And then, but with all of that, you know, one of their star players decided that he wasn't going to go back with Insult them. He dis injury. disappeared from their hotel and was not on the flight back to Cuba. So I'm sure their protests will probably not stop, but they also okay, probably so will be ignored. Let me ask, is it hypocritical for people to say, yeah, they have a right to protest and they were protesting there? And we've talked about, can we just play the game? That's an interesting twist and turn to that issue, right? Garrick, what say you? you? Must be in the car rental. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to find the car rental return place. Okay. I already went to one wrong location. But I think it gets really interesting when it comes to of course but it also has to do with people human rights I think you're breaking up either in go. both direction am I breaking up no you're oh, okay. good now yeah I just think it, it becomes very interesting in terms of how the politics play out because because I can see it both ways and Certainly, we want to try and support people who are looking for their freedom and just the significance and the importance of making sure that human rights are supported as well. But if there was a line of a delineation, I just want to go to a game and watch a game, right? But if there is a line of delineation, maybe it's where it is relevant in the game. So in other words, if I'm protesting racism, has there been signs of racism in this game, in this league, in the team? No. Then what are you protesting, if that makes sense? If there is, we all have to wear rainbow jerseys. Okay, but 
has somebody not been allowed to play or not been on the team or has been kicked off or has been bullied because of their personal choices? No. Then why are we protesting? Maybe for me, that might be the line of delineation if there is any at all. Just saying. Yeah. You've talked about how much you've enjoyed going to Sounders matches with Antifa flags being unfurled. And yeah. And doing who's they're hating. I don't see it. I just see a bunch of people coming and cheering on their team. But we are seeing a lot more angst. Transgender issues are concerned. And this is a direct quote from the one and only Brent R. Baker this week. No one can be a woman like a man. Oh, really? Hopefully you can hear the sarcasm there. (laughs) (laughs) I could just, I could almost feel the inbox just filling Uh, up right now. When you see all of these, when you see all of these women's awards going to transgender men, I'm just like, we are, this whole culture of, is literally erasing women and their contributions. When you have, when when you have Leah Thomas, when you have in various states where you've had high school track athletes that have switched sides and gone and won state titles that that girls who had worked for years no longer could compete with this with someone who had transitioned to some extent all of this stuff one of the things that that we had on here to talk about was this team in vermont that this christian basketball school that decided to forfeit a game rather than play against a team that had a transgender i don't even i can't even keep track now how you refer to people but anyway they had somebody who was born a boy now a girl this girl's basketball team and they decided to forfeit their game rather than than compete at a disadvantage and i don't know who this individual was and if there were actual safety concerns or if this was just making a statement about it but now their state association has barred them from participating in in postseason tournaments in the future. And so I think we're, we're seeing a lot behalf? of... We're... Caitlyn Jenner speaking yeah. out about it and saying, wait a minute, this is not okay. And Caitlyn Jenner's been, as a professional athlete at the highest level, is probably a pretty good authority in saying, look, even me being transgender, a woman can't compete with me. In New York City, a cyclist that is a transgender biological man in first place and said, I feel like a Superman. Yeah, I was saying on another show, I would too if I decided that I identify as a seven-year-old and decided to compete in t-ball, I would kick butt and take names, man. I'd be a superstar. I'd feel like a superman too, or, or a super kid, or a super, ooh, I don't know. I'm, now I'm confused. It's a confusing. Well, this is no doubt. Are you still with us, Garrick? Is Josh with us? What's going on? Maybe not. I just hear stuff in the background. I'm just... Sorry about that. That's, good. that's me. I accidentally unmuted myself as I'm rolling my bags to, to catch the rental car shuttle. <laughs> but He's committed. I heard that, I, no, I, I am. I, I heard that there was a ruling, and I don't, I'm not sure which body made this ruling, that any uh, boys who have, or men, who have been through puberty 
as a male, cannot compete in female yeah, women's sports. We're seeing and more so, of that. The World I Athletics Council has banned men from competing. Wyoming is the 19th state yeah. to ban boys from competing in girls' sports. There's been a lot of movements in that direction to say, hey, we've got to protect women. I don't care what you identify as. You should have the right to compete, just not to displace. What's a you, Brent? I think that I totally agree. I think that the solution may be to have, where there's interest, um, open divisions. You have a boys' division, men's division, or girls' division, women's division, and you may have an open division where whatever you identify as, you can compete in. We see this in, say, if you enter into a 5K you have you have men's open divisions. You've got older, 50 and older. You've got 30 to 40-year-olds. You've got 20 to 30-year-olds. They separate people out by physical characteristics all the time in many sports. And there's no reason why, if we're dealing with transgenderism as a reality in our society, the question is how do we incorporate them fairly into these sporting arenas. I think the solution is to have these open divisions where it doesn't matter what you identify as. You might have transgenderism going both ways. You might have men that want to compete against transgender women. You may have women that want to to compete against transgenders to see how they do. I don't know, but inserting have- biologic inserting biological men into women's sports and women's divisions just can't happen. Yeah, we really you can't have, have to... transgenderism going both ways. That's a whole different category. But I'm pumped. Where's my laugh track? We used to call it the co-ed sports, right? Yep. <laughs> Back in the day. But uh, yeah, with all these different categories, I like your solution, Brent. Just And just have that be its own thing. And then we let it land or fail on its own merits. And if people are into it, then they will watch it. And if people aren't, then they don't. And if but they don't, think, then they're racist or they're bigots or they're hateful. That's part well, yeah. of the problem. I'll use the example of the NHL where the San Jose Sharks goalie decided as a man of faith he wasn't going to go out pregame warm-up wearing the rainbow jersey. And he's come under fire because apparently he's a bigot for saying, I welcome everybody, but as a Christian, I just don't want to do that. And the idea is that you support every bit of us or you don't support it at all you have to be 100 percent in or you are demonized and that's a problem because you could say love you maybe not agree with you don't think that's god's best for you love you anyway but i stand against what you're doing to children i stand against what's happening in women's sports you can't do that you're a bigot but interestingly enough uh, the Blackhawks, I hear, won't be wearing the rainbow jerseys for warm-up. The whole team isn't. But it's not because they stand against it. It's because some of their team's mates are from Russia. And Russia has a pretty strict rule where propaganda for uh, gay lesbian lgbtq issues are concerned they have some pretty strict laws and standards so they're trying to keep their teammates from being endangered but what's the difference either you stand for them or you stand against them do you see what happens in my opinion guys when you have a slippery slope of a worldview that isn't consistent 
Just saying. I, yeah, I, when these teams decide to support social initi initiatives, regardless of what they are, I think it's a slippery slope when you basically blacklist or start canceling people who aren't in line with whatever that team decides they're going to do. A sports team is about playing the sport, winning games. If they want to support some social initiative, fine, but you better make it easy for people who are have a difference of opinion to not have to jump on board with this stuff instead of singling them out and having them in the headlines every single time yeah. one of them doesn't support what you do. If we had, say we had a Russian history night in the NHL, I can guarantee you that there'd be a lot of players that wouldn't really want to be on board with that. Or if we had in the NBA, I, maybe it's even more plausible, the NBA having having something that supported the Chinese government, considering how much money the NBA makes in China. If you, some of these things, they're not going to happen. But if you start looking at the script in that way, let's wait a minute. Why are we forcing our players to support something that maybe some people in the management of the league or the management of the team's support, but is a very divisive issue. When you start forcing people into a single viewpoint, you've got problems. You have problems, but it's it comes down to respect. I don't have a problem if somebody doesn't want to salute the flag. I disagree with them. I think they're ungrateful. And it's the very things that flag represents that buys them the right to do that. Nonetheless, to turn your back or to cause a disruption during that is so disrespectful. Just don't show up. Many teams, when that was an issue, when that was the flavor of the day, decided that some of the people would just stay in the locker room instead of coming out. Okay. If that's how you feel, that's okay. Just do it respectfully. That's all I ask. And that's where we're breaking down in our society and there's a bigger issue to sports, guys. I think that it's endangering our society by pushing us to a place of no return, a kind of a civil war that when will it eventually break out into ultimate violence and completely rip us apart? And that's the concern. And yeah, so when you start... I know a lot of these initiatives started because people felt marginalized, but the way they're handling it them threatens to marginalize other people who feel differently. So with some of the LGBTQ stuff, when you have entire teams being told they have to wear these rainbow jerseys, that's to force people who have an issue with that to do is wrong. Now, if you make available to everybody, if they want to wear a rainbow patch or something like that, and that's optional, fine. I have no problem with that. But when you start canceling out opposing opinions, they get forced underground and they usually start to turn into more extreme opinions and, and extreme that's actions. Big, that's a good point and it becomes dangerous because those people can be dangerous too why because it's this thing called human nature and no one is immune from it but there is an inoculation 
and it's called Jesus Christ, who paid the penalty for our sin and helps us to become a new creation. Old things passed away, all things become new. The Holy Spirit can infuse in our lives and help us to make better choices, to be better people, and to walk in love where before all we could see is hate. And that's what it really comes down to. We're And comes down to we're at the end of our program right now, and it's time for us to give our final shot. Brent, would you like uh, to shoot this? <laughs> I actually, I think I'm going to give my my final shot to the World Baseball Classic. I actually, I really enjoyed that that final game. Really, the, the many games were really spectacular, but the semifinal game between Japan and Mexico was amazing. With Mexico leading the whole way and Japan coming back in the bottom of the ninth to win. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then the final. That was where Japan beat the USA 3-2, but it ended with Los Angeles Angels teammates Shohei Otani and Mike Trout facing off against each other yeah. with Trout the tying run at the plate and Otani striking him out with just some insane pitches. The 102-mile-an-hour fastballs and then a slider off the plate. It just It's one of those things, you know how in some corners now they've talked about how some sports get scripted and this one could not have been scripted better. It would have been nice if the U.S. had won, but it just, as a baseball showcase, that was awesome. I'd like to see them replace the All-Star game with it, maybe every three years, take two weeks in the middle of the season when everybody's at full form, the pitchers can are fully stretched out. I think it would be even more, be more fun at that yeah, point. I but enjoyed it too. It was great. It was good. It was good. My final shot, I got to shout out Coach Joe up in the great Northwest from Bremerton High School who came under fire for going in the center of the football field after the game and kneeling and praying. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court, but there was settling as such. And I think it was 1.7 million that the school district had to settle with. And he will be returning to work next year. So good on you, Coach Joe. Thank you for taking a stand or a kneel, as, as we would say. And my final shot goes to this Penn State wrestler. This wrestler, Aaron Brooks, decided to use his platform winning the NCAA title to preach a sermon essentially and say Christ's resurrection is everything. Now I think that's awesome because when people take a stand on a personal level, using their stand and their win to say whatever they want to say, whatever it is, as long as it's respectful, I'm all for it. In this age where things are falling apart, it is awesome to see someone a younger in the young generation taking a stand for what's really true for the thing, the one thing that can make everything else make sense. So good on you and congratulations, Aaron Brooks and good on you for hanging out with us today for being part of our sports program, for supporting us, for liking and sharing. It makes a difference. The perpetuation of truth, even in, in, in as we talk about it in the news, can change lives it can turn the light on for people and it can give hope thank you brent thank you garrick for hanging out with me today and thank you god bless you catch you next time for more fun go to mymichellelive.com